Welcome to this week's episode of Whiskey and Aftermash. Assume about there. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I can't. So I can't plug in my normal headphones to my computer, or else the program I use to record the podcast takes the headset mic, and then you can hear me, but not Gloria. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not fair. So I just don't plug them in sometimes, and then I have to guess on when the music stops. I'm Chris. And I'm Gloria. And you can hear me. <laughs> See, there you, we, we're watching the software, the bar is going up and down. Uh, this week on Whiskey and Aftermash, we're talking about Season 1, Episode 12, All About Christmas Eve, and Season 1, Episode 13, Chief of Staff. All About Christmas Eve is exactly what it says. It's mm-hmm. all about what happens at, on Christmas Eve. We hear some big news from Klinger and Sun Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, we see all the Christmas flirting. Well, <laughs> hospital Christmas flirting, which is different than real life, <laughs> I think. I guess, yeah. You know, um, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't... <laughs> with with <laughs> Bob yeah. going after the... Bob's the old guy. Yeah, the... <laughs> Old guy who calls Potter Sarge from their World War One days. Um, what he's going after? I don't know. Is she a nurse? I assume she's a nurse. She looks like a volunteer. But yeah, I'm not sure yeah. because she had like she had what would have been like sergeant stripes. Yeah. Yeah, red, which I assume means like navy or marines. I don't know. Well. When you watch this episode, and if you're in the service, can you can you please you know email us or Facebook yeah. us or and let us know what you think? Is she yeah. just like back then? They would have had like candy stripers and things. There were a lot of volunteers, volunteers yeah. through the church or through yeah. the um, army. There, you know, it's not mm-hmm. like nowadays where you have to go through hoops to do it. I mean, you almost have to have a college degree to volunteer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, it, she could have been a volunteer or a real nurse. So, yeah. let us know what you think. Let yeah. us... I think she's just listed as... Or was this her? Yeah, that's her. That's her? Mm-hmm. She is listed as Elsie Mae Tanner. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Well, she's the queen bee, and the old people just love her. And then we find out she's married, so... Is he alive? (laughs) Yes. Oh, well. Okay, then. I wasn't really interested in her anyway. I hear she can't have kids. (laughs) No, I thought that was hilarious. (laughs) Neither can you. Well, no, he still could, I guess. Yeah, men can have kids forever and ever. Forever and ever, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we, yeah, so Bob, the, the old, old guy, private, whatever his name is, private, <laughs> private Chanel was after her and some other patient. And then what other stories were there that were? Well, the big story mm-hmm. is Klinger and Swim Lee are oh. going to have a child. Mm-hmm. Um, like, um, Ben mentioned during, while we were watching, mm-hmm. they, sure have a lot of very excited men in that hospital like they're always hitting on everyone as they go by and mm-hmm. and i know it's a different time yeah the 70s i'm saying it, not even well no this was it, i mean it was produced in the 80s it was set in the yeah. 50s so but things are so different than now mm-hmm. because any of this mistreatment now just isn't acceptable thank goodness I don't know, it, but how much of it is innocent flirtation and how yeah. much of it is, I don't, you know, there's so mm-hmm. many lines right now being drawn where yeah. I'm not even sure where the lines go right now. They're in flux. They're in flux. That's which is, what I would say, too. Which is fine because it opens the conversation and allows right. us to and, openly discuss where they should be. And I think that's what we need to start 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because, yeah, I'm sorry, but Louis C.K. Um, pulling one off in front of Stafford's is definitely over the line. <laughs> As are a lot of things related to that. But anyway, yeah, it, it was interesting. But um, then again, those same staffers are, are going around saying, hey, I got to see. <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't know, like, if it was consensual and they wanted to be there or, you know, there's the difference, too. There's some people that maybe wanted to be there and some that didn't. I don't know. Yeah. Um, what else was going on? The, the resident was apparently a Scrooge. Oh, my gosh. He didn't want to take any Christmas gifts. He wouldn't mm-hmm. give any. And he was actually, like you said, rude about it, a scrooge yeah. about it. There was a patient who came in. Apparently, he's been a regular for most of the previous decade. Um, with a stomach ulcer, yeah. right? He kind of went ballistic. <laughs> that no, that was um, that was the police guy, right? The one who shot the TV. Yeah. I'm talking about the other one. Oh, the one that came in, yeah, that comes in every year? Yeah. The same time, stomach mm-hmm. ulcer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because he ended up helping the resident, right? Right. What, okay, what did he... I, I got confused, because yeah. I thought that was the guy. No, there were two. So there were two. Yeah. They look were... kind of the same. Well, okay. I thought... One was in his 30s okay. and came in in a police uniform, keep, and the other one... Keep in mind, though... Watching with a house full of people is different than watching it the way we normally do. Okay. Uh, okay. To me, okay. I'm easily distracted. Okay. Oh, fair enough. So I think so yeah, there were... that I watched it in a different place in my head. Okay. Yeah, no, there were two patients. Okay, one... I thought there was one. No, no, there were two. One came in. He was in a police uniform. Uh, okay. It sounded like he was suffering from some sort of... Uh, throat malady okay you know he was hoarse um and he was the one where um he couldn't find his wife ended up getting right. hold of his daughter at home see and i thought this was all happening to that barrett gentleman nope i thought he was the one that was trying to call his wife no nope. that well the the guy in the police uniform was yes but then there was the other patient who everyone knew at the hospital yes that comes because he kept coming yeah that was a separate patient oh my gosh that was a separate patient completely separate patient which is why i thought that there was a lot going on in this episode because we had we had the um the clinger storyline the cox storyline the patient with the ulcer storyline the police officer storyline the Father Mulcahy storyline. Okay, yes. And where I put those two together... Oh, yeah, those are separate. Because, yeah, the the one with the ulcer, the resident was trying to get him in and out. Because, you know, he didn't... He was a Scrooge, and he was like, okay, mm-hmm. you're not staying on, on the government's dime. Which he normally didn't doesn't seem like he would be, but he was... He's bah humbug around the holidays, apparently. And so mm-hmm. he was like, get in, get out, go on. But then the guy helped him when um, they were both going down in an elevator. That patient was trying to give, um, what is the resident's name? Pfeiffer? Oh, yeah. When, when Gene Pfeiffer and, and, he was... and him were going down in the elevator, the elevator doors opened and there were two patients and one was on the ground. Um, Help, he just collapsed. And Pfeiffer so... goes immediately to triage mode and... And then he, someone said to him something about, okay, you gave the greatest gift. Well, it, it was that yeah. patient. And that patient, Because, yeah. yeah, that patient jumped in and helped him and said, I can help. I was a medic. So he's, he's doing, like, the Ambu bag and all of this at the head while Pfeiffer apparently opened this guy's chest and started it's doing open heart massage in, in the, the elevator. In the elevator. Um, I don't know about you. <laughs> I don't carry my scalpel around with me. You sure? I think you actually do. I carry so a knife yeah, that's different. I know. I also but... don't carry a rib spreader. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that I can get my hand in someone's chest. 
<laughs> or a blood cleaner upper, because I'm yeah, sorry if all that, that was bleed. happening, that would bleed. Yeah, and he had no blood on him. Just saying. Yeah. Continuity. Um. But yeah. But then that. That's when that patient. Um. Says to the guy, "You gave the best the, gift." Uh, right. And so he decided now. And then. Someone gave him candy well, earlier, and he said, no, I don't, or cookies. It, it was that patient yeah, who was trying then, to give him cookies, and he said, I don't accept gifts. I don't give them, I don't accept them. And then at the end, after this whole heart thing happened, he said, don't don't eat all of my gift. All my, my cookie. cookies. Yeah. And, you know, so, so it that, was kind of like him saying, okay, I got this holiday spirit. Now. Yeah. So yay. And, and then <laughs> in the post-commercial uh, post scene, uh, Pfeiffer was... uh, Well, not just Pfeiffer, it was um, J.O. Sanders, the guy who plays him, was playing the guitar and singing uh, Christmas carols with his tie literally loosened. I just love when people sing Christmas carols. I wish we did it. (laughs) So he was singing to the patients. So a lot of these come together in the end. Mm -hmm. So that's where Pfeiffer is and the ulcer patients come together in the end. So that's two of them, two of the five wrapped up. Um, the, the, the police officer who came in and was hoarse and was trying to get a hold of his wife, he gets a hold of his daughter at home and his daughter says that his wife is out with uncle, air quotes, Fred. And he said, she doesn't have an uncle Fred. And then, so, okay, hold that thought. (laughs) Because he wants to get home now. He's a police officer. He has a sidearm, a six-shooter of some sort, or a five-shooter, issued by, obviously, the force. So keep that in mind. Uh, Father Mulcahy was planning a big surprise for the hospital, and what was that? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that great big surprise, (laughs) which was so cool. Yeah. Potter's surprise? No, Mulcahy. What did Mulcahy get the hospital? Oh, the big TV. Well, <laughs> the Air big quotes. giant TV. How big was it? 12 inches. <laughs> but it was... It was huge. For it that. was huge because everything was a console back then. I mean, mm-hmm. Jody and I had console TVs. Yeah. We had this had. big giant mm-hmm. console TV that was, you know, you kept all yeah. your stuff, your pictures and stuff on there and oh, your... God. No, you know, what? you could build a whole village, a Christmas village on top of your television. Yeah. And no. the television was 12 inches. Yeah. No, my grandpa had one of those for the longest time. On the left was a record player. On the right was an 8-track oh, yeah. player, I think, actually, or something else. And yeah, no, it was like 9 feet long. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and then when that one broke, he put the new TV on top of the old TV <laughs> Because it was a console made of wood. Right. Solid wood. But, yeah. This and was... nobody wanted to get rid of their... Oh, no. Because it was their furniture. Like, mm-hmm. it was a piece yeah. of their furniture. It was oh, like exactly. having an end table or, a, you know, it was yeah. your television. Mm-hmm. Well, so, it... But, yeah, you know, okay, now... he arranged from some department store for them to... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They would give, but not give. It's donate? Thank you. Donate. <laughs> I'm, I'm horrible at words. I'm trying to be a writer Plus and I'm horrible we, at you words. you know, no, you're not horrible at words. But it's been already. a long day. And it has. You've been around a lot of paint. Oh, my God. <laughs> I stained hundreds of feet of wood, and I think it's still in my system. And I've been drinking since, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> yay! Secret movie drinks. Um, but yeah. So Mulcahy got this TV, and this is where the policeman's plot intersects with his. The policeman came in. Mulcahy had switched the channel off of the dog track onto a movie, and on TV was this thing where these two were having this conversation about the affair they were having, and the policeman just had it, so he like rushed. What? through the crowd of patients okay in the va he rushed through the crowd of patients and killed the tv with his revolver oh yes literally killed it shot it (laughs) right in the head (laughs) yep that won't cause ptsd in any of those patients (laughs) i 
was thinking that when it happened. I'm like, of all places for this to happen, the VA? Mm-hmm. Like, and nobody seemed, like, I mean, <laughs> I, I think I would have reacted differently than they did. Mm-hmm. Like, they're all sitting in their wheelchairs. Oh, guy just yeah. shot the TV. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, in the post-commercial scene, the first thing we see is Private Bob sitting in back of the TV looking through the new hole that goes all the way through because of the bullets. Um, yeah, so that's Mulcahy and the police officer's plot lines intersecting. And then something very strange happens because, well, we mentioned that Klinger and his and Sunalee were having a baby and they announced their godparents. At, like, who, who, well, who does that within sec Like, Clinger just found out. I don't think they had time to talk about it. Did, back then, did you just decide, like, did the man just decide? You're looking at me like I was alive in the 50s. No, I know, but <laughs> it was just very strange to me because... My parents like, were barely born. <laughs> we're talking about someone who is Korean... Who, yeah, like, was absolutely. from Korea and, like, the, her whole, like, I'm sure she doesn't have the sacraments. And then oh, him, no. who is... Arab. Um, Ar- no, yeah. yeah, that's a so, really good point. You know, they didn't get married in a church. Or so, I mean, I, I just thought it was very them. odd yeah. to me that the first thing they think of is godparents yeah. when neither one of them would be that kind of religious person. Do you know, like... No, He's, that's a really good point, because, yeah, I mean... So Claire, where would godparents came, come from for them? I'm sure, you know, like... Giving, okay, giving the writers the benefit of the doubt. We've seen in MASH where Klinger is at Mulcahy's services. Okay. Christian services. Right. Or at least ecumenical services, which is still Christian, not Catholic, but Christian. Right. Okay, so... Giving him the benefit of the doubt, maybe. But their wedding, they didn't. Okay, he officiated it, but yeah, it wasn't like. Was that church? They were, you know, I. Soon Lee definitely wouldn't have. I mean, I mean, you look at her. I mean, when she, when Claire gave her the dress, she said, "You want me to wear yeah, a funeral, funeral dress?" dress? Yes. So clearly, it was not the same. Yeah, they wear white for funerals. No, that's a. And, so I guess it it really went through me like why would that be their first mm. thought with the child? Maybe they had talked about it before. He just found out like it didn't even sound like it was something. Maybe they, they talked, talked about, about it before. Okay. okay. <laughs> I mean, before Laura yeah. and I had Ryan, we talked at length about how many kids and names okay, and good so for you. and so like when we found out that we were pregnant we're already like boy girl we got it okay maybe i don't know <laughs> i agree but you're both the same faith yes and it's part it. of who you are but for i had these not thought two, of that yeah they it, it really i don't know why it bothered me so much but it did that now it bothers me. Uh, sorry. A lot. <laughs> you know, I like to share my burden. <laughs> oh, I, I get that. I do likewise, but okay. yeah, no, that no, I agree. I mean, it was sweet that they asked yes. Colonel Potter. However, okay, we get it. You want Potter to be part of your life. It, I yeah, in I that, get that in that same beat, <laughs> godparents. As I understand it, are supposed to be there in case, among other things, like you suddenly, a bus hits you both. And you're dead. And you're dead. And then the godparents can kind of help out. Potter's like... Um, Five million years old. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) He was in World War I. Underage. And we're now in the 50s. At best, he's pushing on... 50s, so he 60s. wouldn't be someone to take over for someone clinger. So that's a whole nother part that of it. That was my thought. It's so, like, that's a bad choice. Yeah. So this all the way around, no matter how you look at it, I just don't get how, okay, you're going to be a daddy. Mm-hmm. Oh, will you be the godparents? Yeah. You know, are going to be the, I think the writers really 
took I, that one a little bit too much. <laughs> I, I tell you what, the internal conversation I had with myself was, well, okay, this is just like Tommy on the Rugrats all of a sudden knowing how to go to the potty after he <laughs> does it once. It was the magic of and TV. And then never does it again because yeah. he wears a diaper. Yeah, it just, so it's the magic of TV. For one episode, he could go potty. Yeah. And, and then, then could never go again. It's, yeah. Because it doesn't, he Happy always... days. The older brother went up the stairs <laughs> and was never seen again. Again. Oh, yeah. Chuck. It's the magic of TV when things happen. Friends, Ross had a child at one point that was a boy named Benjamin. Hmm, where is he? Yeah, we don't hear from him again because it's not plot convenient. It's not That's plot. fine. Yeah. It's fine. Don't and think you, about it. Will you, 100-year-old man, be the godchild to my non-Christian child that would be Arab or... or half Arab, half Korean. Half Korean. Mm, probably no Christian in there. I don't know. Okay. That's fine. I think we went far enough on that. Yes. We've we've <laughs> beaten it quite to death. It might now be mush. Okay. 12 inch okay. TV. Okay. But, <laughs> but, okay. But at the same time, where were they when they did that? They were at the staff party that Mike D'Angelo was throwing yeah. in his office. Okay. So that, rewind a little bit. Okay. Mike D'Angelo asked... Elma Cox. Oh yes! Oh my gosh! And she I would about that. join him, and she was so excited. Oh my! Finally! Yes, of course I'll be there. Thank you. And I have something for you to give you. And um, then you know the Potters show up, and well, we wouldn't want to impose, but I guess we can. And Elma says, "Mike, I thought it's very rude of these people to impose on our." On our, on our celebration. On our, I thought this was just going to be us. Well, no, I invited the whole staff. <laughs> it's a staff Christmas party. Well, <laughs> huh, give me five more eggnogs. She and then got quite toasted, but. And, and, then, and, I, and her first thought was, I'm a good clinger. Yeah. Because, I didn't get that either. Yeah, there was. <laughs> There was a lot of confusion. Like, I, like the, what? Yeah. Yeah. There, there, there was a plot reason for her to be all well. Now that I'm toasted, I'm gonna go get Clinger. I'm. I don't remember it. I'm not gonna go into it. It involved her office assistant and, saying you should treat yourself, and so then she went down to Clinger's office. But then Clinger was talking about. He was calling his family to tell him that he was gonna have a baby, and you, you kind From, of thought. From his office. From his office. And then the lights went on. Like, it was in the dark, kind of. And yeah. then the <laughs> and lights... And he saw Alma after he... Okay, so he called. He got the operator. Oh, the gosh. operator said, I can't get a line. He said, phone me back when you have a line so I can connect with them. Okay. And then he saw Alma. Okay. But she, for some reason, thought that he's saying well, that okay, she so, was going to have a baby with so, him. So, okay, yeah. So... Before I'm he sorry gets... if we're confusing you. Yeah, you really need to watch things. this. And <laughs> it's a very dense episode, unfortunately. It's like, in my mind, this one is a lot like a candy cane. Because you have pairs of plots that end up together, and then all the pairs end up together. And it just... But anyway, okay, so Elma is passed out in a chair in Klinger's office with files open, like, on her lap. Because she's trying to find where Klinger screwed up so she can fire him. And right. her comment was, I just need five mistakes. I just need five mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> so Klinger's there, right? No, tell me that's not how it's sounded. Her assistant comes down and says, have you seen Miss Cox? I have these urine reports that she needs to sign. It's like you oh, and by, and, by the, <laughs> and by the way, Mr. Klinger. Yeah, what was up with that, too? And congratulations on the baby. Yeah, where did that come from? I never even had seen this woman before, and now she's kissing him? Oh, no, she had a crush on him since, like, episode one. Okay. Yeah, I no, missed she, that. Yeah, and Klinger used that the one time to get... Remember the whack who came in with VD and yes, then Klinger yeah. stored her file in Elma Cox's file? Okay. And how he did that was by 
um, taking advantage of this crush that her assistant had on him. Would you like this <sighs> jello? <sighs> I couldn't possibly. I'll get some whipped cream for it. I really, yeah. The, yeah, the so, writers need to just kind of fall back a little bit. Oh my god, we, we were doing so look, good. They were, the last couple. I, and, Six plots. <laughs> and one. The next episode is better. But anyway, okay, so the assistant brings down the <laughs> year-end report that so Alma Cox did not sign. And Klinger says, I'll get it to her. Because if they're not signed, she'll lose her job. She could. And so Klinger goes, well, I hope you get these signed, Elma. Uh-huh. And puts it on her lap. Open, and he signs it. And, well, first he takes a pen and puts it open on her lap. And then he goes, and this is the difference between Klinger and Elma Cox. Okay. Klinger's a good guy. He does the right thing in the end. Right. Elma, when she was smashed... She went down to try and fire Klinger. Yes. Klinger, knowing this, that he had a baby on the way, seeing Elma in this position goes, no one deserves to be fired on on Christmas Christmas Eve. Eve. And so he forges her signature on the year-end reports so she doesn't get fired. Then the operator calls him back. We have a line now. And he's talking to... His father. And says, we're having a baby. And this is where I'm pretty oh, sure Alma woke up and looked up and thought that in her drunken oh. state, Klinger was talking about him and her having a baby. Now it makes reason. sense why. Because she just uh, <gasps> <gasps> uh-huh. oh. and then fell over again. Yeah. How drunk was she? I mean, come on. Pretty drunk. <laughs> it was crazy. This what episode. Oh, you know, now that I look at all the stuff that went on, I... It, you were doing so good after the Thanksgiving episode. So, you need to watch this just to please let us know your thoughts, your opinions. What what do you think Elma thought that he was saying that it was yeah. her child? Do you... Okay. It, so many things. <laughs> let us so know. So many things. And, and you can do that. First of all, if you want to watch the episodes... Um, skip everything up until the Thanksgiving. And don't episode. drink your whiskey this week because oh I'm really confused. Have right a double now. this <laughs> week. I seriously is my... still have. I'm still thinking that the guy. We can rewatch that, it. They're that, two no, separate. No, that's okay. That's okay. I assure and you. And I know that one now was tall it makes and sense dark that hair, separate. and the other was shorter with brown hair. <laughs> Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Um, if if you go to our website, narclaninc.com slash whiskey and mash, or just to the main page, narclaninc.com, that's N A R C L A N I N C dot com, go to the podcast link, go to the yeah. whiskey and mash page. I keep everything under there because this is still basically the same podcast. And it really ties in next episode. Stay tuned. Um, <laughs> if you go to the podcast page, whiskey and mash, there. On the first episode we did for After Mash, in the show notes, I have links over to YouTube. On YouTube, they have recordings of all the After Mash episodes. And you, you can... really need to watch it because you need to make sense of what mm-hmm. Chris and I are saying. <laughs> because unfortunately, like, we're trying to put this in some sort of order, but again, like this episode, it was six different plots and pairs ended up twining together and then those pairs ended up twining into a single candy cane and it is super confusing to try and it's, it's do like a linearly. psychedelic candy cane it would be easier if you were high i'm not advocating this i'm just saying it might make more sense but yeah not with other people around um <laughs> but yeah if you go to that page uh narclaninc.com slash whiskey and mash the first episode we did of after mash in the show notes I'm talking with my hands. You can't see me because I'm not using a face mic, just a voice mic. Um, We should stream an episode sometime. I would let you know ahead of time. Um, The camera's turned around. You can see that I don't like it staring at me. You can see the link to YouTube where you can watch those or link over to um, an Etsy shop where we order DVD copies. They're a little higher quality. Still not super great because they're basically the same as YouTube, just a little higher resolution. Um, but you can. And this you, week they stopped talking and 
in random places. I thought that Chris was trying to take extra notes, and I'm like, no. Why do you keep pausing it? It was a bad recording, but it's the only one we have because this never made it to syndication. It never made it. Never made it to that magic hundred number. But anyway, go to that episode. Click on the links. Go over there. You can watch the episodes on YouTube for free. And let us know what you think. Where can you let us know what you think? On that same page where you click on that link, narclaninc.com slash whiskey and mash. Finally, after 133 episodes, <laughs> I can't say it anymore. It um, there's an email link. You can email us here at the podcast. Or there's a Facebook link. Go over to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash whiskey and mash. Like the page so that you know when we put out new episodes. And you can message us there on facebook people have in the past we appreciate it very much um i've tried hearing from you yes i've tried to promote the page a little bit we're getting some new listeners i think thank you all for listening and if you stick around even better (laughs) (laughs) we we ramble that's what we do if you have any guests yes um but anyway uh message us there and we'll get your message as well but um the, the last thing of this episode, which is neat, yes, is when Potter and Klinger and Mulcahy are sharing eggnog, which I'm assuming... Or no, it's not eggnog. It's buttermilk. Oh, yes. They specifically say that. And why is it buttermilk? I can't remember. <laughs> why? Where did we start this series with Mulcahy? Just tell me. <laughs> He, his sister called. Yes. Oh, when he was... When he was what? A little bit... Drunk! Inebriated. Yes. He was having a trouble with alcohol. Yes. So that's why they're drinking oh, buttermilk. Oh, that makes sense. Because... You literally had to put that one right Mul- in there for me, didn't Mul- you? Okay, he would not have... It yes, would not have been good for Mulcahy to be, to be around drinking eggnog. alcoholic eggnog. Right. So he had to have something else... I don't know about buttermilk. I use it in recipes. I wouldn't want to drink it straight. Um, But anyway. Yeah. This was a very dense episode. Um, They could have hacked out half of the plots. And I would have been a lot happier. Um, Not bad. It's not a bad episode. The plots aren't bad. It's just. It's just the quality of the the show too. So it's. It just mm-hmm. makes it a little bit harder when there's yeah. this much stuff going yeah. on and then the quality mm-hmm. is poor. Yeah. You know, it. yeah. And unfortunately, again, we can't get better quality. Right. It's just not there. Unlike MASH, they don't they don't have the originals around Unless because they didn't make it to syndication. there's someone here that's listening right. to us right now <laughs> that that is high enough up and can get us a better quality, we will <laughs> not got... only mention your name, we will Skype you in, and you can become part of this wonderful <laughs> podcast with Chris and I. If somehow <laughs> you worked at the studio and you kept the original tapes... You <laughs> let us know. We will get them. We will. Transfer it over to digital. <laughs> um, and be so grateful. Yeah. We will say thank you. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that's... And I'm... we'll make you a whiskey... And mash and alum. There you go. Yeah. You're, you'll be um, a, an instructor emeritus on whiskey and mash. And who doesn't Honorary. want to be that? Honorarius. I'm sorry, did you finish how to get a hold of us, or do I keep talking? Yes. Okay. No, I did at some okay. point. Anything else on this episode? No. Okay. But the next one's good. Cutting over to the next <laughs> one. Um, the thing on the discs, by the way, if you get the discs... The titles, at least on our copy, are like I, one forward for whatever reason. So, like, yeah. episode 12 was actually titled Chief of Staff, but it wasn't. It was actually uh, all about Christmas Eve. Yeah, they're all off. But episode 13 is Chief of Staff. Um, it has the feeling of when Mash was trying to keep Potter out of his tent... So that they could set up the white picket fence for him to do oh, his yeah. mortgage burning. It had that feel. And we weren't let in on it, which was kind of neat. Uh, yeah, I thought so too. And they even put out a red herring for us during the episode, which I loved even more. So, the, the thing is, like, okay, uh, Potter says that his birthday is coming up. Klinger is trying to keep him out of his office at all costs. And he just knows it's a birthday party, a surprise, and he hates him. 
Yeah, everybody. Klinger's on the phone with, I'm assuming, Mildred. Um, uh, he has the staff in on it. And uh, at one point, you know, he, he's doing everything he can. Like, Potter's about to go in his office. He puts, Klinger puts his arm across Potter's doorway, picks up a clipboard and says, Oh, sir, you need to, if you make me sign one more, I'm going to find a new pen holder. And you're not going to like it. So there's this whole thing, and we'll tell you how that wraps up. That's one plot line. Uh, another one is Mike D'Angelo is having some prostate problems, where if he doesn't get it fixed, he'll be spending more time in the bathroom. I, I, it confused me a little, because they did talk about it being his um, urinary tract. And right. then it switched to prostate. Well, no, because, at least with men, the prostate surrounds... Well, women don't have a prostate. The, okay. Uh-huh. I, I don't know that part of anatomy very well okay. with the prostate, but the the urethra runs through the prostate. Okay. So they're related. Okay, I didn't know they were related. I yeah. thought that the prostate it's was not... the other end. So no, I didn't no, know. it's it's okay. in the front, not the back. Okay, because <laughs> I guess if it were in the back end, but it would be related. the way to access it is, is through the back the end. end with some grease. In. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so yep, that's you're what confuses fine. me. Yeah. Yes, no. The only way okay. to check it, since it's like centrally located, is to go through the through back the door. back toward the front. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, it's part of the front. We're so technological here. Well, and okay, so I'm being very <laughs> obtuse in how I'm saying this, and so are you. Okay. During the episode, the other plot is um, Bob. Mom. And the other patient hitting on the nurse, right? That yeah. was in this episode. The very and elderly yeah. nurse. Yeah, they're all old. I mean, I relatively, mean, they Bob's all have gray hair. To to use a line that Bob said, "Just because I have snow on the roof doesn't mean there ain't a fire going on inside." <laughs> okay. I don't think that fire's been lit in a really long time. Well, know. it seems to know. be creating smoke yeah, right now. It, it's smoking. Because mm-hmm. when the nurse walks by, yeah. Bob's sitting on the bench, and all of a sudden he goes, Oh, my back! <laughs> Can I help you? Yeah, if you just give me my your arm. I'll give you my arm, but that's all you're getting. <laughs> um, Apparently he's tried to get arm before. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but okay, at one point after that, he asks Potter, So Sarge, now, not to be impolite, but... How often do you and Mrs. Potter, whatever the polite word is for it is. <laughs> I can't believe someone would ask someone how often they would have sexual relations. But well, the, I just hit your... Oh, the Enterprise is fine. It. No, it's fine. That's pretty indestructible. Okay. Um, so, the part about this that I like, though, is that they actually talk about it oh yeah that's true because like i do like that um i mean it's a thing like if you look on facebook there are articles out there all the time at least for me Uh, maybe i just look up that sort of stuff and facebook is trending me but it's like how often should you have sex and potter says well me and the missus every two weeks or so definitely on birthdays and anniversaries and it's like that's cool Okay, why? Let me pause here and take it aside. So, this okay, is the this 80s. This is my son-in-law, by the way. So This is the 80s you know, pretending I, I, to be I'm the 50s. kind of going, oh. Well, no, no. I'm taking a historical. This, this historical. is wrapping up okay. my, my education here. Okay. Basically in one comment. So, this is the 80s pretending to be the 50s. Okay. So, in either case, it's cool to hear that talked about. Even if just kind of in passing. Because, now, in... But I don't think it would have been. But... The, the reason I say it's neat. Okay. Again, this is the 80s pretending to be the 50s. So right. in the 80s, that's neat. Uh, in Europe, at least, I want to say in England, there was at least one marriage between royals where when the two wed, they didn't know what to do. Huh? So their aunt from one side and uncle on the other had to take the respective genders apart and say, now listen. Oh my goodness. That thing that you pee out of? <laughs> there's another reason. Oh, come on. They have had to have had urges. But in the Victorian era... How old were they? Nine? T- 
teens, early teens. The, I don't know the exact story, but no, literally, this is... You can look this up. Okay. I you believe can look you. It up. I believe you. It's just very odd to me that they wouldn't know that. Yeah. I agree. Like, but that's the point. I'm sure and that's they why had I love hearing urges and... That's why I love hearing a little more open talk about how often do you have sex? Except he didn't say that. And it's like, yeah. well, me and the missus. It's like, okay, first of all, you're openly talking about this more. That's good. Second of all, this is still getting to how close these two had become. Because of being able to have talk about the subject. Yeah. You know, okay. it's like, even though we're now in the 50s instead of the they, 19s, they still have that camaraderie, which is all about what the VA is, which is cool. But so would not have been talking about this. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry. So I, there's that. Let and go of that, Gloria. I think that's... Three plot lines we're up to now, and then there was a fourth one, which I like how they did it more than I thought they would. Um, there was a new nurse who's coming oh, on yeah. staff. Not sure if I like her. Yeah. And um, I'm trying to look up a name. Um, her name is um Coleman. Um, I'll... That makes sense. Can you read these words? Let me. <laughs> nurse Coleman. That's yes. all they have her as listed no, as. No, she had a Nurse name. Coleman. Let me put it to Angela. You. Angela Coleman? Yes. Okay. So, the first time we see Nurse Coleman, Angela Coleman, I don't want to be indelicate about this because there's a word I can't say now that they used in the show, which should already tell you what I'm going to indicate here. There's a creation myth. That says that the white man, that when God made the world, he baked people. <laughs> the white man came out of the oven too soon. The yellow man came out next. The red man came out after. And then I've the black man that. stayed in too long. I have and got never burnt. heard that. Yeah, that's a creation myth. I don't remember where from, but that's, that's a creation. That's crazy. Yeah. So Angela was... A, Over, was yeah. overcooked. Right. Okay. She was an African American. And to the nursing staff, to Potter, they just brought her in and to work. And I was I was waiting for the shoe to drop, right? Because this is just after Korea, just after the integration of the armed services under Truman. And I was waiting for the shoe to drop. And it finally did. But in a different way, right? Yeah. In the ward. Uh, she was helping a black patient, and all of a sudden a white patient began to seize. Potter was there. He went over and screamed, get a padded, uh, like, what was it, mouth, or a padded mouth. It, basically, get, uh, you, you don't do this anymore, but what they would do oh, is shove, like, a... Oh, the tongue depressor uh, yeah, kind of a, thing. Put a uh, padded tongue depressor in the mouth so that they didn't bite their tongue. Right. Don't do that. No, and don't hold them down the way Potter did no. either. If somebody's... Like, you should step back, make sure they're not going to hurt themselves, um, put padding around them, but do not go near them. Yeah, do not try and force something themselves. in their mouth, which I thought and... it was a funny as heck when the seizing patient opened his mouth. Like, <laughs> no, that wouldn't happen. No, they would bite your finger off. Yeah, so, but um, point being, it, it was... A she, plot device. Right. He was screaming at Nurse Coleman to get him this padded tongue depressor, and she just she turned around and froze and ran. Yeah. And, and I was like, I, 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 I thought she was freezing because she didn't know what to do or was inexperienced, but come to find out that she was very experienced. Yeah. So okay, we're wrapping this all up. They all come together. I love that they tie everything together. Yes. Okay. First of all, we get to Mike D'Angelo. With Alma Cox, he had this thing. He wrote her a letter, which I guess is a fifth plot mm -hmm. point. Um, and it basically said, track down my wife and tell her that I still love her. And I'll do so even more now that I'm dead and have no distractions. <laughs> because this letter was only supposed to be open if he... And Alma, you're a heck of a guy. <laughs> she didn't take kindly to that. No. He comes through fine. Nurse Coleman... Uh, goes into the OR uh, and helps Potter, but then afterwards is in the scrub room and is talking to him, and he says, 
I talked to your supervisor, and she said that you were fine, that you were a great nurse. So what happened? And she begins to tell him, Sir, before this, I only ever worked in colored units. Segregation, you know. I only ever had to work with colored soldiers. So she never actually worked when, with a white When I was in New Guinea, I held a boy as he died. His head was crushed. He could have been saved. There was a closer white unit. But instead, they put him in a truck. And they drove him down to us. Hours away. And he died in my arms. And sir, when you asked me to help, that was the first white patient I ever had to help. And I thought I'd be fine. In I, fact, she said, I used to dream about being able to do that. Mm -hmm. I, I thought I would do better. But, but when push came to shove, I couldn't. I will do better, sir. And I never even thought of that instance. Yeah, right. But as I told, I don't yeah. know if, if you heard that or not, I um, got to go to a talk from a lady, one of the um, nuns that were at Selma. Oh. And um, it was the most interesting talk I've ever mm -hmm. heard. And she wanted to be a nun, so... She went to become a Catholic nun, but she had to live. There were four women that wanted to become nuns, mm -hmm. and they all marched in Selma. In fact, it's her picture on the cover of, of the movie. Oh, my. And um, she had to live in a basement because she couldn't live with the other nuns. Yeah. Couldn't touch the water. Oh, use yeah. Use the same toilets, use the same anything. Mm -hmm. So it made me, I mean, it was that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. Prevalent, like the mm -hmm. fact that you kept whites and mm -hmm. black separate. Mm -hmm. And it. And I that immediately brought me to the story of this mm -hmm. woman telling that was mm -hmm. at Selma and it, did the walk. Yeah, and it it hurt me. It hurt, yes. To hear, I know it's a fictional account here, but it well, hurt me I, to hear her tell this. Yeah. But it it made me smile when Potter said, well, I could fire you, but the only way I could fire you if, is if you still work for me. <laughs> and you still work for me. And then she, you could just see her. And that was Because it. she thought, I'm, I'm toast. Yeah, I mean, she even said to Klinger, I'm ready to face the music for what I did. I mean, she probably thought she was going to be physically... Mm -hmm. But, you know, we knew this about Potter, right? We, right. Because of the... Um, and they were in Korea. They they had many the, dimensions in Korea. Well, and the, <laughs> the one specific episode where there was the infantry commander oh, who yeah. always sent his black men on the dangerous mission so they would and, get more points and get rotated home sooner. And then they brought in the black major who happened to be a dental surgeon for Winchester. But Potter... Uh, tricked that commander, that major, into saying things that got him to resign his commission. But clearly we know from there that Potter was not racist in any way. Oh, yeah. That he was, you know, you're helping, that's all I need to know. And, you know, that, that just brings up a whole issue of what is racism. You know... I'm sorry, I live in Green Bay, Wisconsin, mm -hmm. and I don't have a lot of interaction mm -hmm. with black people. And I and I, yeah. I don't see the difference, and I don't, but I also don't have any interaction mm -hmm. whatsoever. Yeah. So oh. I don't know, like, what other people know. I guess I'm mm -hmm. ignorant when I oh. am, because I don't know. I, I agree. I mean... I'd like, where, I... where, where I grew up in Plymouth, um, for a couple of years in my high school, we had one black student in the high school. We had lots of Asian American students, so that I grew up around. And I grew up around Hmong students. Yeah, and that, so, that and, doesn't phase me, but and, I didn't have a lot of exposure to people of African descent. Yeah, specifically, darker colored, darker skin colored people. I just didn't have that. And... My own reaction sometimes still takes me by surprise. I, I do my best 
But, but then, it's not good enough. Yeah, when we went to, um, my daughter and I went to um, Haiti area mm -hmm. to help out, and they didn't, they were um, darker skinned, but they didn't see themselves as black. There mm -hmm. was the blacker black. <laughs> like, so mm -hmm. even amongst mm -hmm. them, yeah. there's different color selections. Mm -hmm. So it was weird to me to see a, a kind of... It's a different part of the it, box of crayons. It's a di Right. <laughs> I love the box. Yes. You know? Because the crayons can't, can not just be color. The crayons can be... You know, how the way you hear things, the way you, yeah. Anyway, there, that, we could do a whole thing yeah. on this, but I'm just saying, mm -hmm. I don't, I just, um, uh, my box of crayons doesn't have very many colors. No, mine either from my experience. I, Mine is probably a little bit bigger, which I'm thankful for, but it's still not as big as some. Yeah, mine's, and, and mine's I want, box of crayons. I, I wish it was bigger yeah. because I would love that experience mm -hmm. of getting to know other people. And, yeah. and and I worked with the Hmong culture and had a wonderful experience. Mm -hmm. Love those kids. Yeah, and but, a lot of people in Wisconsin have a good experience with the Hmong population just because of there's a large Hmong, there right. is a large Hmong population. Right. Yeah. But, um, you know, the, I, I love what this series does in tackling issues like this you know um the inherent racism i mean uh nurse coleman specifically says i know that this ain't alabama and that saint and that it's wherever we are um but i never thought that it would be like this that i would have to deal with this here because seriously when she walked in the room and i remember you even saying mm -hmm. and it's just coming back to me now yeah. like when she walked in when they were introducing her like she walked in the room and the look on her face was like, oh my gosh, these I, are all white people. Yeah, she walked in the ward. There was not a black patient there. And you could just see there was something in her face that went, oh my. Yeah, she walked in and went, Yeah. and I didn't get that. And you yeah. said, oh my gosh, they're all white. Yeah, And <laughs> not quite in those terms, but yes, that's what I said. I, I can't, like, I... I wish that I could say everything, but I just don't have the experience yeah. or the. Yeah. So but, I don't. I hate it when people sit and say that all people are racist and things because I don't even know anything because. Yeah, I. Again, I love this series for a lot of the same reasons I love Mash because they tackle these issues because right. they address them in context and show that okay maybe they are still relevant today however there are plot reasons why it doesn't turn out great among them being that on a christmas episode you have yeah. six separate plots, plots. In a half hour episode yeah and oh my this, god yeah this is half hour you guys and in this one there's four look we and can't we, even get it in a half an hour to discuss it <laughs> you know and the okay so we wrapped up two of the plots with Mike D'Angelo and Alma Cox. She gets so oh. miffed that she then goes over the PR speakers <laughs> and says, Mr. Cox is recovering very well from his prostate surgery and would love it if you would stop in and say hi. He didn't want anyone to know. <laughs> She's bitter. Yeah. It, but, he really wanted this to be a very private mm, um, but, issue. But, but then there is my favorite of the four plots and my favorite favorite wrap-up of any episode oh my so gosh far. me too this hit me um so we all like we're all led to believe with this red herring that indeed everybody is helping create this surprise party for potter oh yeah great party because mm -hmm. potter sees all these people go in mm -hmm. he knows that um clinger has a hammer he's been going in with yeah so he's clinger told him he's typing with a hammer with a hammer the keys are stuck. <laughs> yeah. But then Potter walks into his office. Oh my gosh, it was and, so powerful. And when he walks in, it's the very first thing he sees is the first thing that we see. And what is it? Pictures that he did at MASH, that, or that he drew. I don't know how you... Yeah, his paintings. His paintings. That his were, horses. His, his saddle. 
I mean, you saw the pictures, like, with the four of them. I, like, all of a sudden it brought that mm-hmm. episode where they yeah. all were fighting, but he was the, trying to get a happy yeah, picture. The, the, well, the six, right? Yeah. Because it was, six. yeah. Yeah. Klinger, Houlihan, um, uh, Charles, um, Mulcahy, Hawkeye, Hawkeye BJ, yeah. um, Colonel Sherman Potter, his nameplate was on the desk, all of his stuff. His hat rack and his um, horse, the um, saddle. saddle, his coat, and um, they, you know, okay, he's there, Sunli's there, Klinger's there, and Mrs. Potter's there, and they say, it just came in, and so and so we thought they would enjoy it, and and while he's looking, what do we hear? It's literally the, oh, the ma- yes. the mash. Theme, theme song. song, yes, and that just the match theme song did it for me. It's like, no, oh my god! Did, you know which picture? I it, it showed the one of um, 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 um BJ. Um, mm. I, I I I just in the picture of the four yeah. because immediately it just brought those episodes to mm-hmm. my head. Like yeah, it was great. And then the post commercial scene was Mulcahy, Klinger, and Potter. Sitting there, like smoking, sipping, and just reminiscing. Oh. The rats were the worst. <laughs> the food was the worst. But the worst was that it was minus 40. They had to chisel me out of my own dress that one night. Did we really live through that? I'm I guess we did. Too. Yeah. And then uh, Mildred says, Sherm, it's 10.30. We should go. Because Sunli's pregnant. Because <laughs> Sunli's pregnant. I'm not, she didn't say that, but it's like, Sunli's pregnant. <laughs> and the potters are old. <laughs> five out of the, or four out of the five people need to go to bed. <laughs> so, it, it was a good episode. It still had too many plots for me. Oh, yeah. Some of them where you only have two or three are perfect. But... It was the best ending of any show. Well, yeah. no, I'm not going to say of any because I'm sorry. Mary uh, Taylor of any Moore of these episodes, yes. of any of these series, this was my favorite ending because it harkened back to MASH. To MASH. Which I'm sure is what they were going for, but it just, it It was did. great. It, it was great. It tugged at my heartstrings. It was great. Um, I'll, I'll also just put this in. Now, okay, we've, we've reviewed these. And... Uh, Part of the critique I've seen of this series online was that it is trying to be a situational comedy, a sitcom, in a hospital. And that's hard. Okay. Now, this week, uh, Laura had been watching some episodes of the series Scrubs, which is also a sitcom that happens in a hospital. Mm-hmm. But it's different. They don't only exist in the hospital, and they don't deal in the hospital. They deal with the doctors, not with the doctor's interactions with the patients. It's a little different. And that one survived several seasons. It made it into syndication, obviously, and this one didn't. And I think that's one of the differences, is just how they approached this, unfortunately. Too many things. things. Just too many things. Too many things. Overwhelming. Yeah. Um, If you're a MASH fanatic like we are... It's worth your time to watch some of these. Again, I would skip everything <laughs> up until at least the Thanksgiving episode of season one. No, you need to see the uh, whole thing. De- if you're going to do it, do it. Depending on your level <laughs> of fanaticism, either watch them or skip up until the Thanksgiving episode. But it's worth a watch of at least a few episodes. Um these two would not be in my top ones if you're not a very diehard fanatic like us. Um, but tell us what you think. Again, narclaninc.com slash whiskeyandmash or facebook.com slash whiskeyandmash. Let us know. Uh, if you feel like we've given you something of worth with this podcast, with this episode, uh, the best thing you can do to help support us is share our podcast channel with a friend or family member or co-worker. Uh, we have a lot of back episodes of MASH. They're out there on our website. You can download them or stream them from there or from iTunes or whatever podcast application you use. Uh, we don't do this 
we don't have a Patreon, we don't we don't have any way of getting money. We're just doing this because we like it. And if you're a mash, anything, makeup In, artist, e- either comes to either you know, series, get a hold of us, and yeah, and we will work something out mm-hmm. because we would love to talk with you and have you be part of mm-hmm. our journey. Yeah, and uh, specifically, I'm gonna. <laughs> I don't normally do this. Rosalind Chow, if somehow you hear about us, <laughs> oh my God, please get in touch with us. My wife and your son, Ben, her, her brother, were all big Star Trek fans. And we know of you first as Keiko O'Brien from Deep Space Nine, and we would figuratively die <laughs> if we could talk to you. Please, if you hear about us, let me know. We will Skype you in if you're willing to talk to us about Aftermath, about Star Trek, whatever. We would love to talk to you. Please, I <laughs> beg you. But uh, with that, thank you so much for putting up with us. This is an extended episode. We normally only go about 40 minutes. This is almost an hour. Thank Sorry. you. Thank you for putting up with us. Uh, until next time, have a great week. I am Chris. I am Gloria. We'll see you around. Have a great week. <laughs> was it just too much drinking this time? Or? <laughs> I think it was the density of the plot. Yeah, Honestly, there was so much. Just, just too much oh my stuff. Yeah, it just, it's, it's, we go quicker when there's only like two or three plots an episode. Right. But when between two you have ten oh, different wow. plots. Uh, that's and four each episodes. one needing to be discussed because yeah, there's so much. Yeah, like you said, dense. It's dense. It's dense. It's hard to get pure of fruit. Thank cake. you for sharing these. Yeah, oh, absolutely. That's um, I keep them here for when you need them, okay. whether it be gaming or this. So okay, there. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank Have a good you. night, everyone. Bye. Bye bye.